0: Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead.
1: A reading from Philippians. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. A gospel reading from the 11th chapter of Mark. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just tell them, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back there immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying that colt? They told The disciples told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then the disciples brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and Jesus sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve.
0: Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. Why does Jesus ride into town on a donkey? Weirdest parade float I think I've ever heard of, honestly. But here he is, showing up in Jerusalem, full of fanfare, branches strewn about and being waved all over, smell of victory in the air. Jesus is the hero. Jesus is the one they've been waiting for. Jesus is the Messiah. And here he is, Riding in on a donkey. What's the deal with the donkey? Well, here we go. We've got the prophet Zechariah who's made these prophecies saying, This is what to expect. This is what you will see when the Messiah has come. And so Zechariah 9 says, Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So here is Jesus showing up to town on a donkey as the fulfillment of the Messiah that they have all been waiting for. And it might be unusual to us, but let's be honest, it's not like we don't do some weird things too for the sake of our own Messiahs. And I have to make the jump, and we talked about this on Tuesday at Old Guys, often when we hear this type of Messiah language, it it brings us back to sports imagery. And so our local sports teams often give us a new savior, so to speak, someone that we anoint usually every generation or so. And this is the one person who is going to turn around our suffering and deliver us from the evil of losing, you know, kind of like Kirk Cousins did for the Vikings, Or Byron Buxton would do for the Twins if he could just stay healthy. Or Kirill Kaprizov for the Wild, who, well, so far has been better than advertised, but we just wait for the other shoe, or in this case, skate, to drop. Now, once upon a time, the legend of one Kirby Puckett did bring home victory and a parade or two. But the last parade that we've had around these parts was, it's already been four years ago now, and the Minnesota Lynx won their fourth title in 2017. We were a community spoiled with victory. We were so happy about all of this success, but the hope for future success was extinguished when their best player, Maya Moore, the woman on the right, quit. She quit to join the ministry. I know, right? The roars of the crowd were deafened by the roars of injustice, and she has now dedicated her life and her efforts to look at reforming criminal justice. And Maya Moore said, My faith is the core of who I am. I feel like everything I do stems from that. And because of her ministry, this has led her to Jonathan Irons, Jonathan Irons was a man imprisoned in nineteen ninety-eight for an attempted burglary at a house that there's no evidence he was even near. And through her church, Moore heard about him, heard about his case, and and saw that the evidence didn't support his imprisonment. And so Maya Moore worked years tirelessly to get an appeal for his case. And so this last July, during pandemic, the judge vacated his sentence. There just wasn't enough evidence, and so he threw out the conviction. Jonathan Irons was a free man. And so what was the first thing that Jonathan Irons did once he was liberated from prison? He married Maya Moore. (laughs) Now, Moore has uh, recently announced to everyone that she's not coming back for the 2021 WNBA season. I got a hunch, honestly, that this calling that she has from God has led her down a path in which she's not going to turn back from Sorry, Minnesota sports fans, it looks like we're going to have to wait for that victory parade. But I think about Maya Moore, and she went beyond that advocacy. She, when we've looked at this chart, she has gone all the way to providing direct action organizing. Beyond seeing a problem and then hoping somebody else could right a wrong, she specifically worked on behalf of Jonathan Irons, and without her help, I'm pretty sure Irons would still be in jail. Direct action organizing is focused on providing solutions and doing this directly with the person or with the group that we're supporting. This could involve direct service, like we've talked about, whether that's funds or items. It could involve education. It could involve advocacy. And it could involve all of those things, keeping in mind each of these is surrounded in prayer. Now, there's a fine line here between doing the work for someone and actually providing support with the person who is in need. You'll notice with Maya Moore, she was working with Jonathan Irons to be able to provide the solution that he needed. I think if you could ask any social worker, they'll tell you about the dangers of someone who's coming in as a crusader, trying to swoop in and be the savior of another person. And so we can look at this model and think about how direct action organizing can really be something as a, as a church community that we can aspire to do, and to do in a way that is intentional and deliberate and thinks about ways that we're actually being able to to be beneficial to people in our community. And so there's there's an opportunity right now here in Forest Lake that I haven't told you about yet. Did you know that there's actually 25 households that are currently sheltered at a local hotel right here in Forest Lake? Some of them have been there for almost a full year. Now, the partners who are sustaining this ministry and sustaining this effort are from Washington County. Washington County is fiscally providing the support to be able to, to allow people to stay there. But they also have a social worker who's working, who has an office in a hotel room uh, where she's providing the support and meeting with each of the residents each week. I also got to meet the hotel owner. He's from Pakistan, just the, the kindest gentleman I've ever met. He, he continues to make adaptations to his hotel because he wants to improve the lives of the people who are who are now living there. Uh, he recently added a washer-dryer where there once was a bathroom, and he's put a food pantry in his lobby. I was talking to him, and he told me that as a hotel owner, he loves what he does. He, he loves this job, but he said that in the past, people would come and stay at his hotel for a day, two, maybe three days at the most. And so he would recognize a face and then they would be gone. Now he said he's formed relationships and friendships with the people that he's helping put a roof over their heads. He's literally become an advocate just by saying yes to allowing people to stay at his hotel. Crossroads Covenant is a church uh, on the west end of town that they heard about this. They're bringing food over there every once in a while. And they're wondering about how they can do more. And they've reached out to us to say, how can we do more together to be partners Jenny Mason, who's preached here before and who's one of our instrumental leaders within Washington County, has a pulse on some of the residents, and she realized that some of those residents need a little bit more attention. There's a little bit more that that needs to be done, some direct uh, action organizing that could happen. Not to have someone swoop in and save them, but to actually walk alongside them and be there for them. So as I've been talking with Jenny, she's also been talking with other uh, members of our congregation, and one of those members is Jeanette Hahn. Jeanette Hahn is on our uh, on our sacred settlement development team, and and Jeanette had delivered some items over from our uh, from the Christmas gifts that we had we had done in January. So her and Nicole went over to the, uh, the stepping stones and, and delivered some items down in Stillwater and. And they reached out, and, and Jenny found out that Jeanette had some interest in this. And so here is what Jeanette has been doing lately and how she got connected into an extra layer of ministry. So tell, tell everybody uh, about your current walk with a member of our community. How did that, how how did that this happen? Co- how did this come about?
2: Yeah. I met Jenny Mason, who uh, is with Washington County. And she told me about the ministry. She talked about that there were people in Poor Lake. What? And then um, I said to her, Well, Jenny, if if there's a need, if there's a child that needs tutoring, if somebody needs supplies, if there's a way I can help, give me a call. I think that was early in the week. (coughs) Excuse me. And... She called me on Thursday. She said, we have a gentleman who has just moved into American. Um, We're very concerned about him. It's the weekend. He doesn't have access to food. And so, would you be willing to go over and see him? Well, as it turned out, we had just done a big pot of soup. So, um, later on that afternoon, I took a container of soup with some rolls and butter and stuff like that, knocked on the door and said, um, call this gentleman by name and said my name is I knocked on the door hi, my name is Jeanette Hahn, and I have some food here for for you. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> it took a while and the door opened, and here was this gentleman. And so I told him that Jenny had asked me if I would help out. And he didn't say much to me, but he he happily took the soup, thanked me.
0: What was it like when this gentleman first opened the door?
2: When the door opens and you see or meet this person for the first time. Um, I had no, again, possibly because of, all the things I'd been a part of. I had no judging. There was no judging. Um, I realized that here was a person who'd been through some severe trauma, and um, it was not up to me to judge, just to be there and to show love and show compassion. And so that's what I did. I, I do think you have to be prepared for that because... We don't know what you're going to see when the door opens, um, so... Why do you keep going back? Well, this is a passion of mine, but <clears throat> helping, helping the poor, helping the homeless, <laughs> when that door has been opened to you, I don't, I don't, I don't know that you could say no. You have to help in some way. Uh, I'm starting to enjoy our face-to-face. Uh, he's saying little things that let me in, and I realize that here's a person that uh, for some reason is homeless and uh, and a good person. He's a good person. I would suspect that there are others in the congregation who... Uh, Feel a calling to do this. And, uh, I would urge you if you have the opportunity to get involved because, uh, it's a very rewarding, uh, you get back much more than you give. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing to do.
0: Wow, thank you, Jeanette. You know, Jeanette met this man in the middle of a crisis, and and it went beyond just giving him some food. I mean, he was in a health crisis, and because of a lot of the training she had gone through, she knocked, literally braced for whoever was behind that door. And I want to also point out, she's not enabling this man. She's been great at setting boundaries. She's also reinforced to this gentleman that she's going to be there for him for as long as it takes. So he's starting to build some trust that someone in this world actually cares about him and is willing to help and to be there for him. And I think, what about, what's our call to action then as a church? Now, this hotel is not a permanent solution. Many of these residents need someone who's gonna help them to fill out paperwork, to be able to share a meal with them, or to just have a conversation. And I think, wow, we can really do that. If you'd like to do that, let us know because we'd like to, to bring some groups over, some small groups over on Thursdays in the, in the weeks and months to come. So if you want to do that and you want to be part of that, uh, email at together at faithfl.org and we'll coordinate you with Jeanette and give you some more information. But as I look at this map... I look at all of the things that we have been doing, and, and as we've been talking throughout Lent, we've been seeing all of the different ways that our congregation is raising our hand and saying, wow, we want to step in and help, and whatever that capacity may be. And this, this picture is a true picture of what stewardship looks like in our church. This is the why. This is why we are having an abundance campaign in the middle of spring right now. We're not waiting until the fall to talk about money. We're, we're saying right now, because we have an opportunity like stimulus payments or tax refunds, that we can talk about giving back as an answer to call to help our neighbors. We can look at our stewardship and say, we play a role in addressing issues with our money, with our stuff, with our time. We do this with our hearts, with our wisdom, with our own experiences. And I think about how we give because God has given to us. And we are blessed to share those blessings. When it comes down to it, we get it. You see, Jesus Christ rides into Jerusalem and he knows that flipping tables and calling the temple a den of robbers, it's gonna make him a dead man walking. And so this week, as we enter Holy Week, This is when we hear the essential message about Jesus and how it comes into focus. Why Christ? Because even if we're willing to cheer for Jesus one minute and kill him the next, Christ provides forgiveness. Christ offers grace. Just imagine the mindset of the crowd that was willing to chop down branches for a victory parade for Jesus that day. What if... What if that crowd understood that the arrival of Jesus into town wasn't for him to just come in and lead them to to fight power with more power? What if instead they realized that the arrival of a Messiah was a call to action for them to join together in his mission? This mission of love by washing feet. I mean, what king calls his servants together to wait upon them? Or his mission to stand up for the oppressed? Like when there's a woman who's caught in the act of adultery and the man was nowhere to be found, but they drag her in front and Jesus tells his accusers, her accusers, go ahead, throw the first stone if you are without sin. Or what about his ministry of calling out intolerance by actually making the foreigners the stars of his stories, like a Samaritan, the one saving a man who's been left for dead in a ditch? What if? What if that crowd realized that killing Jesus in a few days would not be the end of the story, it would just be the beginning? Can you imagine? What kind of parade would we throw if we knew that not even death could conquer our mortality, our humanity? I guess we'll have to find out next Sunday. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.